0: You should thing. be
1: bubbly. I'll be in it. I'll be a dick. <laughs> Kirk can be informative. <clears throat> All right. We have Mallory on the podcast today. Hi. For those that don't know, she is married to Will. But we'll start off with, um, you are a wellness coach. What yes. is that?
2: Essentially, I am teaching people how to be healthier, eat better, exercise, manage your stress, sleep, and achieve all the health habits that you would like to have in your life
1: okay so like what are you doing right now for work in terms of like I know you mentioned this um holiday thing
2: yes so day to day I um run and facilitate the group coaching session so I have a group of 50 people in a class and they can use the chat feature so it's interactive but I take them through various topics, so managing your weight, exercise, nutrition, and then um, we are just starting our Surviving the Holidays series.
0: Wait, so hold on. Zoom out, because I wasn't listening. (laughs) She's my wife. I rarely listen. Um, Zoom out. So your job is, this is through people's insurance companies?
2: Okay, yeah. So I work for CVS Health, who owns... A lot of different companies, but I am part of Active Health. Um, I have been there for like 12 years. So I started as a telephonic coach. So someone gets an insurance benefit for doing coaching sessions, and they get like a reduction on their premium, or they get a $100 gift card. And what we sell to their employer is that they're going to have better return on investment of their health benefits if they have healthier employees.
0: People miss work less. They're more productive. So that's kind of the idea behind your program?
2: Yes, I am making your employees healthier so that they are more productive, happier, better off in general.
0: And so then once they're in the program, then they do X number of phone calls. How does that work?
2: Some of them are required to do a certain number of sessions, but other clients like it is open ended. So if you want to continue on in lots of different topics or continue working with your coach, you can. There's not a cap on how much you can interact and engage Um, But there usually is like, you know, four sessions will get you a certain reward.
0: What, and so you typically deal with what are like the main topics? It's like stress management.
2: Yeah. Um, The most popular ones, we have 12 topics, but the most popular ones are obviously weight management, nutrition, physical activity, stress management, sleep, sleep. Um, the holidays, surviving the holidays is going to be very popular. And then we have some that are more condition specific, like metabolic syndrome, diabetes, pre diabetes, hypertension, pre hypertension.
0: So the person can pick. Yes. And then that helps their premium. Now, do they have to have some sort of red flag in the system? So usually with like insurance, health, or life, they do some sort of screening. Like for ours, for example, it's like a waist circumference.
2: Yes. They can pick. Um, but obviously if they don't have diabetes, they're not going to be like flagged for the diabetes class, but they can still attend. Like maybe their spouse has diabetes or maybe their child has diabetes. So they can still come. We leave it open to everybody. Um, but certain clients pick and choose which topics they want. If you're not flagged as a tobacco user, we don't usually see them in our tobacco cessation series, but you know, they, it is open to anybody.
1: Wait, so it's every week you have classes with these people?
2: Yes. The series are all six weeks. So for six weeks at, you know, noon on Wednesdays, you see my face and get me giving you a presentation about a specific topic. So, for example, the holiday stuff, the first week is just managing like the social expectations and all of that, the relationships that go along with the holidays. And then the second week we talk about managing stress. And then week number three, we talk about nutrition. And then week number four, we talk about staying active during the holiday season. So it's all kind of geared toward the busyness of the holidays and how you can still live a healthy life, but also engage and enjoy the things you want to.
1: That's pretty cool that it's weekly. It's like ongoing, kind of continuing education for the people in the classes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've
0: heard a couple. that are actually, I mean, they're good. It's very therapeutic, and there's tips and <laughs> tricks and hacks and.
2: Will used to sit outside the closet door while I was presenting. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> and just I mean, listen in on my stress management talks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's stuff that has become commonplace in our life, and that's mm-hmm. why I thought she'd be a good guest because how many people log into these? So it, she used to do one-on-one coaching. Yeah. And it's morphed into she's running a like a larger group coaching class because now she can, if you can imagine, instead of doing a 60 minute phone call with one person, now you're, how many people are enrolled in these classes? Well, I
2: teach a class of 50. I have two people that coordinate with, I mean, overall this last year, we're doing about 10,000 people are engaged in the program versus if it was just the three of us, we're only getting, you know, a very small percentage of that
0: at and the, a time. The content is really good and it's things that apply to most of the things that we see in mm-hmm. the fitness setting and for most people's lives in order to optimize in in little things in terms of like stress management like give some examples from your from your oh
2: for like so, building resilience
0: yeah so y- i guess if i'm trying to create this picture for the listener that you're going through like a PowerPoint presentation, yeah. giving some bullet points, some easy how to's and yeah. some so little tips and like tricks each, where you grab a couple things. Each week is a
2: different sort of caveat. So stress and resilience is a topic at large, but so a first week, you know, we're instructing what is resilience? What does that look like? And then we go through the second week is how to reframe your thoughts, how to manage your own inner dialogue to better handle your stress. And then we go into how to take care of your body. Why are sleep, nutrition, and exercise important? And what is the research and supporting, like why we focus on that to make you more resilient? And then we talk about relationships, then we talk about time management, is like one of my favorite presentations to (laughs) give, because I'm very passionate about habits and time management. And then the last week is like putting it all together and giving them like a launching off point. Because I don't want to end a six-week series and just be like, well, good luck, see you later. It's like, okay, now you have the tools. So these are the scenarios, like, how you use the tools I gave you. Like, tools are used to make a job easier. So mm-hmm. we're giving you tools. You have to then, like, sort of learn how to implement them in your own life.
1: It's pretty good. Yeah. you feel like more people could probably take advantage of something like this.
2: I mean, and you might not even know that your insurance offers this. Like, yeah. Will, you could be doing this. <laughs>
0: I do it on a daily
2: basis. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be the one teaching you, but like you're like, you may have access to this. um, But it's just when it comes from obviously like an employer assurance company, it has to be vetted to be like clinically sound information. I'm not there giving you like the latest, greatest, hottest tip from Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's like
0: it actually has to be.
2: I have to cite the sources of the things I'm saying.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all the words, everything she picks in. Research in the based. presentation has yeah. to be research that's based.
2: Why I did 15 emails this morning about attainable versus achievable. What's the best word to use? Like it's very
0: detailed. Yeah, so she's studying these things like resilience and then trying to narrow it down, funnel it down into very usable and that's pretty much like what they do, you're a professional. So you're you're when we met, we were in grad school. I was in the exercise science and you were in the health and wellness. Yeah. And they're intertwined, so we took a lot of classes together, but the path that you took was more towards the average wellness person in a work setting, you know, that's a parent, has other responsibilities. So these skills are are much different (laughs) from how to squat and where like a...
2: Yes. Whereas you can answer like force and velocity and all of the science of it. I mean, I went through exercise physiology and stuff too, but I took the route of like the everyday person how do you just like wake up in the morning and feel good and have energy and like be in a good mental state to like get through your day Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
0: performance-based yes it. it, it, I mean it is performance-based it's just in a different way of looking at it like
2: performing as a full-time employed Mm -hmm. mother of three as opposed to an athlete or someone Mm -hmm. like you know back when I trained and went to nationals and stuff like that my life was a lot different but um, I think, I mean, obviously I talk about what I know, but I do also have to give presentations to, like, to you know, any age and anyone who may be single, married, parent, not parent, like all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all the same. Like you need the same things to be healthy.
0: I think there's good stuff in there in terms of you teach a six-week course. I think it's easy for us as human beings to think that I took this course. Now I should have stress under control <laughs> for the rest of my life. But no. in reality, like we're, mean, we're always revisiting, like I so, use you as a resource. In right. Our, you know.
2: But you also see me like, for the most part, I'm a fairly resilient person. I can keep my head about me. But there are days, weeks that go by where it's like, I am just spiraling in a negative place. <laughs> and an you're an like, ongoing, all right, this yeah, is yeah. not, you're not taking your own advice. I mean, I don't have it mastered by any means, but it's nice that you also know enough to kind of be like, hey, um this is what you told me last time I started doing this, you know?
0: Right. And it is in terms of performance, like I said, as a parent, you're either performing well or as a, as a employee in the, you're you're either in a good mental space to be executing your job at a high level or I mean, there's a lot of demands that are placed on human beings in general Right. and being in a resilient stress-free, you know, and, but it never stops. so that's what i think is interesting it's ongoing
2: well if you're always waiting for like oh after this my stress will be better or after this i'll eat better or i'm going to start exercising Mm -hmm. in january because all the craziness of the holidays is done it's like you're always waiting for the perfect time the perfect time is never coming
1: yeah there's always going to be stress
2: yeah you can be stressed trying to get your stress to zero (laughs) we actually (laughs) talk about that like if you think you're trying to get all of the stress out of your life Good luck. You're, like, swimming upstream. Like, don't try and do that. Stuff
0: like that. Like, that for me is, like, eye-opening, groundbreaking where, (laughs) yeah, I look at it in terms of I need to master my stress, and then once I master it, it's done, but then I have the perpetual message of, like,
2: it'll be be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs)
2: You (laughs) manage it, and you become resilient. You don't eliminate it.
0: So I live with a professional that (laughs) helps me with these things. So, like, for the, the general human being, like, what are... What are some main things you see that perpetuate in people's lives and what are are some- That are good or bad? Both.
2: Because I guess to that point, like before I was doing all this digital coaching and stuff, my primary client and focus for three plus years was the state of Mississippi. The specific population was those who were having bariatric surgery, which means they were morbidly obese- And we're getting a gastric sleeve, gastric bypass, something like that, in order to bring them back to a BMI that was, like, acceptable and improve their health outcomes and really, you know, lengthen their life. And I saw shocking things in people's, like, habits. Like, what's not good? So do you want, like, things you should avoid or just focus on the positive? Let's start with the bad.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, it's like – Oh. I think think there's just a magnitude, right? So, like, someone who's gotten themselves to a point where they're morbidly obese – we're dealing with someone who's like making bad choices. They quite haven't gone off the deep end where they're just letting it.
2: Where it's like, oh, my cholesterol is a little, like you're sort of at the tipping point of like, I can keep going like this and end Mm. up way at the other end of the spectrum, or I can like try and rein it back in and like move into the
0: healthy. So to identify with anybody out there that's struggling, (laughs) when we first got married, I, as a business owner, I was having 12, 15 hour days. And I started using food as my relaxation method, Um, my reward at mm -hmm. the end of the day.
1: Yeah. And
0: coming from an athletic background where I was super active, all of a sudden I wasn't as active and I started packing on the pounds. So from the time that we met each other, I think it was like 190 pounds when we first met. Yeah. And my peak weight was 252 pounds. Yeah. 60 pounds as a gym owner
2: (laughs) he was a big boy (laughs) as a
0: gym owner someone that was in a fitness facility on a daily basis i was falling into that same trap as a typical human being of 12 15 hour days i had a lot of responsibility a lot of people to interact with trying to build a business you know fill in the blank but started to gain weight become unhealthy become less active So then it was at that point that I started to And you were always
2: saying, well, once it gets better here, Mm -hmm. I'll stop doing that. I'll start working out again. Once we get this group going, like there was always a finish line that wasn't happening, like it wasn't occurring.
0: Right. And so then I started to have to embody these concepts and kind of like turn things back around and looked at it in terms of not (laughs) performance as an athlete, but performance on a daily basis having energy being able to attack the tasks that were in front of me being able to like
2: lethargic like you got to be on in a meeting you have to like think fast you have to solve problems you can't just be like man i wish i didn't have that croissant at nine o'clock because now i'm like super tired at 11 and i can't answer the questions i need to answer or complete this task because i can't focus
0: right and then so Again, having access to a profession, you, I have the baseline knowledge, right? I was like, "Hey, you're but,
2: eating a lot, like the bariatric <laughs> no, Yeah,
0: I mean, that. more or less. A lot
1: of ice but I was tea. like, "Hey,
2: um, hmm. maybe not just one huge meal a day, you know? Because there are habits, and people think that like, oh, I only eat once a day. Well, what you eat is complete garbage, like, or processed, and you're not." moving your body you're not sleeping enough like you think that you're like well i've cut out breakfast and dinner what could this you know pizza at lunch be a Mm -hmm. problem and it is and i was shocked daily about the things that i would hear um i do think it helped give me a lot of like empathy because i just hadn't experienced that in my life but it was eye-opening and then i really you know those years help determine like I really saw like these people just have bad habits like they just have terrible habits and they think what they're doing is normal because everyone around them does it so when you start to fall into that category of like oh I just I just do what everybody else does because that's the habit of everybody no one stops and is like guys we are all morbidly obese maybe our habits aren't so good Mm -hmm. so that sort of morphed into like I got a behavior change specialist certification from NASM um, and that was really good. And then coupling that with like motivational interviewing skills and stuff that we do at work has really brought me to the place of like, I'm very focused on creating healthy habits and understanding like, not just goal setting, but actually achieving the goals that you have for yourself. It's fascinating to me.
1: So Why what do are, people? What do are, what are they some do? of these um, strategies for achieving the goals people are setting?
0: We'll talk about talk about goal setting and like garbage goal setting that you see like.
2: <laughs> one of the things so one of the things like with the state of mississippi client, everybody would set like the easiest goal so you know you're eating out every day you're not exercising their goal was always like oh, I'm, I'm gonna drink 50 ounces of water a day not i'm not gonna drink 100 ounces of sweet tea
0: but that's attainable that's a smart goal it it's is attainable so you hear
2: me say i have to say smart goals like 10 times a day. Smart goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So is it attainable and realistic to drink water? Absolutely, but at the end of the day, if the goals that you're setting and focusing on are not actually moving you in the direction of like where you wanna end up, so smart goals are process. That's a process goal that you set to get to your outcome. If your outcome is to lose 100 pounds, your process goal of drinking 50 ounces of water a day, while great, is not going to move the needle in the direction that you need it to move. You have to address some of the things that have bigger impact. So put your effort in the areas that have the most impact, not in these like easy, fluffy goals over here, because then you get frustrated. I set these goals. I did this. I drank all the water. I still have to lose weight. Well, that's because you didn't put the effort in the right place.
0: So as a tactician, if somebody says that, I'm gonna drink 50 ounces of water what are you left to do i mean what do you do in that scenario i mean
2: motivational interviewing Mm -hmm. style you have to be like do you do you think that that will result in weight loss like how will that result in weight loss and you're sort of like pulling them into saying like yeah no i probably need to drink less sweet tea then Mm -hmm. okay so let's replace 50 ounces of sweet tea with 50 ounces of water now we're getting somewhere but it has to like come from them so it's like you're sort of just like asking a bunch of leading questions to get them to come to that moment you educate them then you ask a bunch of questions and then you hope that they pull it all together
0: she did this to me on (laughs) we were on a walk one day and she's i understand the concept of motivational interviewing and i think one of my worst habits and this is kind of how i started gaining a lot of weight was like to be busy so like as an athlete And in college, I could always sleep till like a normal hour. And then I started having to wake up earlier and earlier to get things done. So I would wake up and I would, I'm not much of a morning eater. So I would start with coffee. And as I drank coffee throughout the day, I was running on like caffeine, cortisol, I'm all hyped up. I would go a long time without eating. And then all of a sudden it would hit me and I would just. I could overconsume in one sitting.
2: Here comes Will. Every every door in the pantry is open. <laughs> and what's crazy
0: is I would keep doing it. So I keep keep gaining weight and I'm like, "Why am I gaining all this weight?" Yeah. And we were on a walk one day and she started she started walk she's asking me a bunch of questions and ultimately I start to arrive at the conclusion of when I go a long time without eating <laughs> tends to be when I overeat. When I overconsume coffee and caffeine on an empty stomach. I tend to overeat. And so I was like arriving at these conclusions and I turned to her and I'm like, you sneaky little.
2: (laughs) Darling, thank you for bringing this to my attention. But if I had told you, I probably had told you. Yeah, you haven't eaten anything today at three o'clock. I'm not surprised that you want to eat the entire box of cereal. But that wouldn't be the same effect of like you coming up with it yourself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people need to solve their own problem and they're much more bought in to the idea of it.
0: 100%. You do this
2: to me too. When <laughs> it's I'm like – It's
0: tricky. It's you tricky. You do this
2: to me and, like, you're, like, kind of challenging me. Like, oh, I, th- I mean, do you think you could do that better? Like, be more patient with the kids? Like, you know, cut off working at this time so you're not, like, doing both all the time? And I'm like, I could. I could. I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. And I start thinking about it. And it's like then it all of a sudden, like – I'm more bought into it because then I think it was my idea. Like, I am going to see if I can put a hard stop and not check my email after that or whatever. Works both ways. And look at you now. You're healthy. You're fit. You're not eating inconsistently. Look what I've done.
0: (laughs) You've created the man of your dreams. (laughs) I did.
2: Slowly but surely. (laughs)
0: there's still work to do yeah um so most of the goals that we get are weight loss so similarly with what composition yeah with what you're experiencing yeah people want to want weight loss but the first thing that they're coming in for with us is exercise so they think exercise is the path to weight loss yeah which is partially correct
2: so really yeah but what research shows is that exercise is a part of weight loss. The majority of it is going to come from dietary adjustments. Exercise is more important when it comes to sustaining a healthy weight than reaching a healthy weight.
0: So one of the concepts that I really wanted you to touch on for anybody listening is weight loss and weight management and those concepts and why that's an important distinction. Yeah. These, that people end up getting caught in i got to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Five more pounds. Like, explain a little Mm -hmm. bit about.
2: Weight loss is a shorter period of time where you would be specifically staying in a caloric deficit, mild caloric deficit, in order to chip away and lose the weight. I would say, I know that, like, statistically speaking, one to two pounds a week of weight loss is acceptable. Unless you are have a lot of weight to lose two pounds a week is not it's not a like realistic rate of weight loss I would say half pound. I mean if you can lose a half a pound a week consistently you're doing great things Um, and then weight maintenance is different because weight maintenance is transitioning from being in a deficit where you're eating less than you're burning and it's slowly turning the page and bringing you back to okay now i'm eating a maintenance calories meaning i'm balancing my energy in and energy out and i am sustaining the weight or composition or whatever that target was and it has to happen because if you're always in a deficit um you know you're just damaging your metabolism you're ruining your hormonal profile and you're doing more harm than good so you have to have periods, even if you're not at your target weight. If you want to lose 20 pounds and you lose 10, you need to maintain in the in the middle there in a period of time. Like, don't get greedy and try and lose all 20 at once.
0: What's good time frames, though? Give people some guidelines of, like... So it
2: depends. Like, half a pound a week.
0: But for I, how long?
2: Oh, a deficit? I would say, like, 12 weeks. Maybe 16 if your deficit is small enough and you're, like, feeling good. But I would say three months of, like, dieting or, like, in a deficit And then give yourself probably at least two to four weeks to stay at a maintenance and then go back to approaching weight loss. It's not like a glamorous fast.
0: Well, and that's something. So now my body weight today was 198. So 190 to 250. (laughs) Well, 190 (laughs) to 252. Now I'm 198. And I will tell you that from 252, there were three or four times where I pursued weight loss only to kind of rebound back about halfway because i was not paying attention to these concepts i was I'm going to lose two pounds a week. I'm going to yeah. keep going.
2: There's a very stark difference between you and I. You go hard. You go in. You're like, mm-hmm. I am going to suffer through this. I'm going to lose 20 pounds.
0: But only And I'm th-
2: like, you should lose a half a pound a week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this su- is sustainable. Like, nobody wants to hear that word. Not with my personality. I'm, I'm gonna, all in. I'm going to grit, and
2: I'm going to outwork and outlast anybody in the consistency Right. Around. So when you
0: just said <laughs> two pounds versus a half pound, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going two pounds. <laughs> yeah. And then- I would drive my weight down only to have it eventually become unsustainable. Guess what? Slowly start to rebound and then end up back at 225. I
2: would argue that at the end of a 12-month period, your way and my way, you end up at roughly the same place. But my way, you do it with a lot less pain because you're going to lose 20 pounds and regain 10 or 15. You're going to lose it again. You're going to regain some. And at the end of the year, maybe you are at a healthy weight and you're happy with it. But you've gone through peaks and valleys to get there. Whereas with my way... It hasn't really been that terribly inconvenient. You made a couple of different lifestyle choices, and you ended up healthy, and you can sustain it.
0: But it's strategic. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you could give people some guidelines of, like, I mean, so at a half pound a week, and you're not going to be doing that an entire year. Yeah. Let's say you do that two or three times a year yeah. for 12 weeks. What is that? Six pounds, yeah. 18 pounds in a year is realistic. And that's if you're organized and I was compliant. just going to say, if
2: you come to me and you want to lose 20 pounds, I would probably say, give me a year of your life. You're not going to gain these 20 pounds back. You are going to understand how to maintain a healthy weight.
0: And some, so somebody that wants to lose 40 pounds, you're looking at a two, two year. Years.
2: You can lose it fast and regain it again if you want. Or you can just lose it and keep it off, make a long term investment.
0: But if there's one thing for somebody to take away, I think. And me having gone through that, it, it is. It's, a, it's yeah. a drastic yeah. process of gain, re, you know, lose, regain. And lose, I would regain, argue you're not that pleasant
2: angry. when you're trying to lose two pounds a week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's basically coming to the conclusion, like, if you're trying to lose weight, shoot for half a pound. And know, like, okay, if I'm trying to lose 15 pounds, what is half a pound a week? Mm-hmm. Factor in. Two to four week Yeah, and don't phase. use
2: – I mean, no offense, guys. Don't use exercise as your mode of, like, I'm going to lose weight. You're going to out-exercise, poor dietary habits. I can exercise for an hour, but I can do a lot of damage in an hour at a restaurant yeah, yeah. or, you know, right. at home. Like we,
0: We've talked about that. A 500-calorie yeah. workout, you could eat 500 calories.
2: I ran – I was minutes. doing all yeah. that running, and I was still very conscious of the fact that, like, don't give yourself free reign to just, like, go nuts because – I don't want to be spending time in one area. Like, it trickles in. So, like, when I was running early in the morning, I would go to bed early. I'm not going to be tired and still try and run. Like, the sleep is important for me to be able to perform Mm -hmm. well. Eating well is important for me to feel good. Like, it creates a good result down the road.
0: But that's where that's interesting, and in terms of stress management. So, like now, I'm gonna start exercising. I'm gonna be in a caloric deficit. <laughs> I'm gonna try to lose two pounds a week. I'm
2: gonna put pressure on myself. And I be got stressed a work about project
0: it. due next week. Yeah. you know, it's like
2: I'm gonna be the worst version of myself. Choose your stress,
0: <laughs> and it's you know, I again for so this is where you're kind of an inspiration to me, my dear, my love. <laughs> <laughs> You, like, casually ran a marathon, <clears throat> not like, several weeks ago.
2: Yeah, a month ago.
0: With moderate training. But then <laughs> hear, hearing you go through the process of that and how you're preparing for it, it's just, like, strategic. It's not, it's not. jump to a running a marathon. It's, like, I'm just going to increase my mileage little by little. I bump my calories by 12%. I got to make sure I'm going to bed on time. Like, it, it aligns you allowed yourself to gain a little bit of weight so you could make yeah. sure that you performed so you were okay yeah. with that. You know, Whereas some people, I see them like, well, I want to run a marathon, but then I also want to lose 10 pounds, you know, right. and it, so, it becomes competing. And
2: I knew going into that, like running is not the, the a means of like weight loss for me. I always gain about five pounds when I run a lot. I don't know if it's because I eat more or retention of water or whatever. But when you embark on something like that, you have to kind of think like there's going to be positives and there are going to be negatives. And you have to be okay with all of it. And I was cool with that because I had always wanted to run a marathon and had never just like forced myself to do it. And so, I mean, it wasn't all positive, like, but I did it and I was proud of myself. But I also, if you remember, I don't know when we got the treadmill, I bought the treadmill, but probably, I don't know, a while after Reed was born. So I have been increasing my mileage steadily for two years. I mean, this isn't like, oh my god, she ran a marathon. How long did you train for? I'd be like, I've been running consistently for two years. It's not like that's not the answer people want to hear when it comes time to like achieve a goal. It's like I'm in it for the long haul, I guess. And I also run because I love it. So it's I'm not punishing myself. If you told me that I had to like take a spin class three days a week for the next two years, <laughs> not happening. I'm not interested. Don't like don't choose something you don't also find some enjoyment in and that goes for food too like you can still eat the things that you want to eat you just have to know like okay if i do this then there are going to be some positive and negative consequences to it and am i okay with that and then make your choice
0: how do you balance that out so like for me when i go into weight loss mode it's like weight loss mode i don't want m&ms in the house i don't you know because once i start that's when i have more control i'm like all or nothing so if i'm in a I'm losing weight? I'm yeah. losing weight. How do you? You're an as, abstainer
2: and I'm a moderator.
0: Yeah, but your style is like you'll eat like – you'll leave yourself room for half a bag of M&Ms at the end <laughs> of the day. Or like, like explain to some people who want to still be able to eat some Balance. of the foods. Yeah, how do you So like the that? other day,
2: you and Tess came home from Country Bumpkin and Tess got me a caramel apple, my very favorite. I'm not going to turn down a caramel apple. Did I need a caramel apple? Absolutely not. Did I eat it because she bought it for me and it was cute and I love them? Sure. But then I didn't, like, maybe eat something after dinner. I didn't have, like, the other snack I was going to have. I balanced it out with, like, no, I want the caramel apple. I really love these. So I'm not going to have, like, my other afternoon snack, a protein bar, a shake, whatever I was going to make. Like, I'll skip that and have this. Like, there's just a – Yeah. If I'm, gonna eat, if I'm going to eat pizza for dinner, we used to be a lot worse about it. But now I'm like, I'm probably going to eat like a piece or two of pizza. I'm not going to like go nuts. I'm going to have some veggies beforehand. I'm going to make sure I'm not starving when I go into it. I'm still going to eat pizza because the kids love it and I like it. But it's not like – it's not worth it to me to eat to the point of like feeling sick and disgusting and lethargic the next day. Like I didn't enjoy it that much. One of the things I say in the classes is like – eat a piece of cake, but if you eat something that you love, there's probably a point of diminishing return. So like the first bite's amazing. Third bite, fourth bite, still good, still good. But at some point, it's not amazing anymore. Like by the third piece of cake, is it really that amazing? Absolutely not. So what is the point of eating it? Because it's in front of you? I mean, we've solved this problem in our house by like, I don't make a whole cake for someone's birthday. I make like six cupcakes, right? Because if it's in the house and we're all sitting around, we're just going to keep eating it. Not because it's like still amazing. I'm not that good at baking. (laughs) But it solves the problem. So if I have peanut M&Ms in the house, I'm going to eat a lot of them. I don't buy peanut M&Ms very often.
1: Yeah, that's like just I feel like being aware of yourself. Like if you like chips, maybe get the single serving at the checkout line versus the big family size
2: if you were a smoker and you didn't want to smoke would you put a pack of cigarettes in your like on your kitchen counter environment likely would not (laughs) if you're trying to lose weight i wouldn't recommend keeping like a chocolate cake on the counter at all times or whatever you're you know some people like salty foods that's not me but set up your environment in a way that leads you to your priorities and your goals
0: i have found that so when people are more aggressive with the weight loss and they do become all or nothing and they don't have that balance of allowing themselves a piece of cake or structuring that in, that's that half pound versus two pound a week. Mm-hmm. You're going all in and you're restricting, 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 and it might be a little bit too aggressive. That's where you start to lose that control and you want to reward yourself. And I think that's where that, yeah, that's where the yeah. all or nothing
2: you can reward yourself in a way that's still moderate. Like.
0: Are, are you really rewarding yourself <laughs> by eating a whole cake? No. You
2: then me, it's like, you're you punishing like. yourself. Maybe food
1: doesn't need to be the reward either. So,
2: okay. So this brings me to when we have a series on habit change. And so a habit is a cue, a routine, and a reward. Three parts to a habit. So we t- I always talk about, like, habits – make your days easier because it eliminates decision fatigue so you're not having to decide every time every moment of the day what you're going to do do you wake up in the morning and decide i have to like think about brushing your teeth or not Mm -mm. i hope most people listening to this do not decide that but why do you brush your teeth
1: So your teeth don't fall out and you don't have to buy new teeth.
2: So you're avoiding dental complications. You don't want your breath to stink. um,
1: aesthetically, uh, a nice smile is You don't want your mouth to
2: taste like a litter box, (laughs) like whatever your reasoning is. You don't like hem and haw over brushing your teeth. A healthy breakfast is just an extension of that. If you want to feel your best throughout the morning and you want to have sustained energy, then a healthy breakfast should be a no-brainer because... You want to be healthy, you want to look your best, much like brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth because you want your smile to look nice and you don't want to offend people with your breath. (laughs) You eat healthy because you want to look your best, because you want to feel your best. Like, I don't, eating just becomes like emotions. Well, then you like go to the drive-through and oh, I deserve this, I want this, I ate so well yesterday. it's like, food should never be the reward in the routine, like the cue, the routine and the reward. The reward should always be something other than food. And it doesn't have to be like, I can't afford to, you know, get my nails done once a week. But it's like, give yourself a compliment. Like, put a gold star on your calendar. It can be something very small, but it should make you feel proud of yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you have a healthy breakfast, your cue is like, oh, before I leave the house, I grab a healthy breakfast. And then your reward is like, as you walk out the door, you tell yourself like, hey, good start to the day. That's all it has to be. Mm -hmm. The reward is not going to be like, oh, well, then I get a cappuccino (laughs) and a, you know, whatever later on. That isn't the point. The point is that the reward should be emotional in a way that makes you feel proud and happy and, like, gives you dopamine or gives you, like, endorphins. And then all of a sudden you feel good about eating a breakfast one day then you eat a healthy breakfast the next day and the next day and the next day. And then all of a sudden you're like... If I feel so good after breakfast, I should eat a healthy lunch too, and then it just snowballs, and that's what moves you in the direction of being able to manage your weight. Simple.
0: I mean, clear, 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 <laughs> clear, legitimate goal setting, having a plan and a process, and habits. then creating the habit.
2: Stacking habits too is important. Have you guys talked about that before?
1: What not? Heavy. Hold on. How do you know if you set the goal? <laughs> I guess we're talking smart goals. Who's, who's the one that's going to tell you it's not a smart goal? Is it just trial and error? There's so th- such thing as a dipshit goal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the acronym. For Dumb that. idiot. <laughs> I want to run a marathon, so I'm going to start with ten miles every day. That's a terrible goal. So, so how do we know that? How do how can so that so that goal? So I'm going to run out?
2: ten miles a day. That that is specific and it's measurable. Measurable mm-hmm. means like did I did I accomplish this goal? Yes. Is it attainable? So I would ask you, how confident are you on a scale of 1 to 10 that you can run 10 miles every day?
1: Zero. Give okay. Like
2: three days. <laughs> and if it's not a 7 or higher, I would say, let's go ahead and, like, modify this. So you can do this for yourself. I'm going to eat salad for lunch 7 days a week. How confident am I that I can do this? If it's, like, 5, you're like, okay, maybe my goal should be, like, 4 salads a week. Let's mm-hmm. just, Let's do this, you know? And you can work your way up. I always say, like, with habits – We have these big goals, but when it comes time to like get down to business, it has to be very, very small changes, because that's what compounds over time and creates like lifestyle habits that you can sustain. So it should be a very small like your first couple of goals should be like this is easy. I'm gonna walk ten minutes three times a week.
0: Contradicting yourself because like isn't that like the I want to drink a little more water. But does it move the needle? It moves the needle. Oh, it doesn't move the needle. If
2: you that. can say, I'm going to run 10 miles a day, but maybe your goal should be 20 minutes of walking every day, mm-hmm. and you actually do 20 minutes of walking every day, you're better off than if you tried to run 10 miles and you got two days in and you stopped.
0: I guess that goes back to having an expert. I mean, we've talked about yeah. that a lot. Like somebody to tell you whether or not – Like. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. instead of spinning your wheels, like, hey, I want to be better at golf.
2: So the other element of that is driving range you day. should make your goals timely, meaning it has a start date and an end date. You want like for this week because at the end of the week, you can stop and reflect and be like, how did that go? Was that too much? Was that too little? Can I do more? Can I? Should I do less? And then you reset it. Don't set a goal for like six months at a time. You're probably going to want to reevaluate them every week.
1: Okay. So probably most people are setting goals. Too large of a time frame for their goal.
2: Yeah. And then they're forgetting about it. They're like, then you have this, like,
1: okay, I'll I'll start tomorrow. You're contradicting yourself. (laughs) Because we were
0: just saying setting a a long enough timeline. Okay. Like, yeah. So
2: the goal would be I will lose a half a pound every week. Your outcome goal is still a long time frame. It's still going to take so you a, goal, a year to get a there. Goal within a goal but your, okay. So the outcome is still going to be a year, but your process of every week, because then you can say, hey, you know what? This week I lost one pound instead of a half a pound. Kudos to me. Next week I'm looking at the calendar and things are a little hairy, and maybe I should just do like a maintenance week with my calories to try and not overstress myself. And oh, I'm going on vacation. I'm not going to be at the gym. Like my goal this week then is to walk on vacation. Right.
0: Manage your weight during vacation. Mm-hmm. Kurt was saying, we'll have people go on vacation, and you can see a noticeable weight. Gain. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. And Kurt goes, how do you? Kurt just I, went I on vacation. Said Did I'd you lose, tell Kurt? I
1: lose every. No, you were saying I lose weight every time. The thought process.
0: <laughs> of Nobody like, wants how is that, that, Kurt? Okay, that you went on vacation to gain like f- oh. 15 pounds, where your face is like
1: noticeably. Yeah. Like that that's... was us
2: back in the day.
0: Yeah, it's
1: kind of all inclusive. I've so done that. Do I mean,
2: that. I'm not pointing fingers. I've probably done that.
0: There was a comedian, you go to an all you can eat. He's like, should you really be eating all <laughs> you can eat? <laughs> I would argue not. <laughs> Wait, so if you go, oh, all right, so uh, another common issue. So with weight loss, I know what happens in our house, but what if I need to eat salads every day of the week? Like, okay, that sounds great in theory. Now what does my like, shopping need to look Who like? Who
2: makes my salads? I do. Yeah. Right. How, how are you going <laughs> to get
1: that done? Where's the salad coming right.
0: from? Right. Where's the execution in terms of yeah. what does your shopping list need to look like? So what does your pantry look like? It what should is your be one of your, your weekly like?
2: goals. One of your goals at the beginning of weight loss should be, how am I going to make this happen? Um, it doesn't have to be a goal. So efficiency. Some
1: time management.
2: Time management. Planning. I used to shop every week. I actually kinda liked it. Up until I hate shopping. (laughs) uh, I didn't mind it. I even took the kids. It was like our thing on Thursdays after daycare. We went to go grocery shopping. It becomes tedious the more kids you have, and I do not grocery shop now. But we live in a great age where I go online and I have I have ordered from Aldi. I typically order from Walmart now. But it saves most of the items I need. I scroll through. I click everything. It probably takes me 20 minutes a week to plan meals and order groceries and then another you know, 20 to go pick it up and put them away.
1: What does your planning meals look like?
2: I write down dinners for seven days of the week, six days of the week. And I just fill in what we're having for dinner. I don't even do breakfast and lunches because I just get the essentials that can be any sort of breakfast or lunch. We always have oatmeal. We always have eggs.
1: It's raining or something.
2: Yeah. Oatmeal, eggs, toast, waffles, cereal, cheese sticks, you know, whatever, cottage cheese. We have the staples. We have the same thing for lunch. There's veggies. There's salad. There's protein. Whatever. And then I just get dinner stuff okay we're having salmon I need salmon and veggies and some rice and then we're having chicken and we're having cob salad and we're having pasta and meatballs and just whatever the ingredients are for what I need order it pick it up sometimes I'll prep in advance sometimes I won't kind of depends on how I feel or what's Explain going on
1: to people what that means
2: most weeks I will cut up all the broccoli and cauliflower <laughs> and roast them put it in the oven air fry it however sometimes I just steam it in the microwave But the vegetables are always prepped. And then a lot of times I will also batch cook a bunch of chicken. Instant pot, bake it, whatever. Um, That's always in the fridge. And then if we're doing, like, salmon some night, I'll cook that. You know, it doesn't take that long for dinner. Or if we're having frozen meatballs and pasta, then I'll make that. Um, Sometimes I have it all made in advance. But normally it's just, like, I just batch cook. Like, here's the vegetables. Here's the sweet potatoes or rice or whatever. Here's the protein. It's not – I don't use recipes really cuz I don't follow them anyway. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I made some pumpkin banana bread the other day that I won't let Will eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Reed. Um, but for the most part, it's just very streamlined because I don't I don't have a lot of time and I don't like it's not important enough for me like to cook certain meals that it's a place where I put a lot of time and energy.
1: Okay, a lot of people say they don't have a lot of time. So what? Does your daily, weekly schedule look like with all these kids and all this stuff? Time management. Time
2: management is my jam. Um, It's, I mean. When do you wake up? Five, 445.
1: When do you start work?
2: I do schoolwork from five to seven, sometimes work slash
1: schoolwork. People don't know this, explain.
2: I am getting a master's in public health administration.
1: Or second master's. My second master's. I have a full time job, three kids. And you're getting the master's. Continue. And sometimes. And she, and she ran a marathon. So you so you wake <laughs> up early to do schoolwork.
2: I wake up at 5, and from 5 to 7 is uninterrupted. The kids are asleep, and I can do work, schoolwork. I used to run in the morning. I don't usually run in the morning now, but whatever. I do a lot of, like, computer stuff in the morning that needs concentration because it's quiet. Then I get the kids up, off to school, wherever they need to be. Then I go home and work occasionally.
1: When would you eat breakfast?
2: Seven o'clock when the kids eat breakfast.
1: Okay.
2: So I'm feeding the kids. I'm eating breakfast. I make usually it's oatmeal with cottage cheese in it. Mm-hmm. Don't knock it till you try it. Um, it takes one.
0: Doesn't Gavin eat that? Or is that uh, eggs and oatmeal? I've I mean, eggs and oatmeal. Eggs and oatmeal. Pretty good, yeah.
2: yeah. I like cottage cheese. I will also eat like an English muffin with cottage cheese on it, usually some fruit or something that the kids are eating. Um, work, run back and forth to preschool for read. So you work
1: from seven. Eight thirty.
2: Eight thirty is when I get back home from school drop off.
1: So ninety minutes of kid time in yeah. the morning, pretty much.
2: Yep. And in that time, if the kids are eating, I'll do the dishes or um, fold a load of laundry. Like you're always just like looking for one thing that needs to be done. I'm a busybody. Mm-hmm. I don't like to sit mm-hmm. down. Um, then I work. Throughout the day, when I have a break at work, like if I have meetings or classes or something and I have 45 minutes, I'll jump on the treadmill or I'll grab the dumbbells or something. Like a lot of times it's like spread out throughout the day, but something's always better than nothing. If mm-hmm. I can get two and a half miles in, then I got two and a half yeah. miles in. Like I just take advantage of empty places in my calendar to fit stuff like that in. And then I work until four thirty or 5. Um, and then it's kid stuff. Dinner, dinner. Sometimes I run errands on my lunch break, weekends, or more kid stuff. Like, food prep-wise, I ordered groceries today. I spent 20 minutes while I was eating lunch, made the menu, ordered the groceries. I'll pick them up Friday morning after school drop-off. And then usually on, like, Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning is, like, a slow time at our house. So I will cook food then and have it all done. Like, we're not doing anything anyway. We might as well make use of it and...
1: Wait, I lost your app. So you finish work when?
2: Five-ish. And
1: then what happens?
2: Who knows? <laughs> Recess soccer.
1: Try to keep the kids busy. <sighs>
2: Try, Try and keep everybody from killing each other any, in the house. Any,
0: any parent knows that's a rough The stretch. worst. Of...
2: The worst stretch of time is dinner Try to, to bedtime. It. Yeah. It's Mm-mm. soccer. It's play outside. It's do all the things around the house. And then you're
1: cooking dinner at what time?
2: 5.30, 6 o'clock, depends, because okay, if so I, if I right take to work. soccer, then it's like then it's later, and I try and have it made or something ahead of time, but cooking dinner is a pretty... Last night, I made a cob salad with chicken nuggets on it.
1: <laughs> so it works.
2: Big hit for everybody. It was fun. It's yeah. not gourmet. It's not fancy, but it gets the job done.
0: The kids will eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some protein in there, balanced.
2: Chicken nuggets make it a little more exciting. And then they'll eat the cop salad, throw some bacon bits on it, cheese. They love it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and then it's like if you have three kids, you basically just feed them and clean up the kitchen all day long. So by the time they're done eating dinner, they're like, can I have a snack? And then it's back to just square one again. And then bathing and changing diapers and play some games, go to bed. I go to bed at like 8.30, 9 o'clock right after the kids do. Got it not glamorous but it's efficient
0: but in terms of time management even as a family as a couple feel like we try to make decisions based on these concepts of is this a good (laughs) so our son for example was we were going to sign him up for soccer we looked at like the times that were available what does that look like for our work week is that are right. we all going to kill each other? And I think sometimes when you make decisions as a group, yeah, it's important to for that distinction. Like, is this good balance for everybody? Right. Because
2: we switched gymnastics places because we found class times that were more convenient for us. So instead of killing ourselves and like yeah. having the same argument every week of like, you take them, no, you take them. This is too fast. We don't have enough time. We just needed to be smarter about it. And oh, this class time works well for everybody and two of the kids. Smart goal. <laughs> We're just more efficient, and it is definitely a pain that I work late on Thursdays. That's probably the hardest day of the week because I work until 8 o'clock, and everybody's upstairs in their home, and recess soccer, and it's kind of crazy, but it's only one day of the week, so I guess you make it happen. But like the kids wanted to do something at school on Wednesday nights, and they really wanted to do it, but it's from 7 to 8 p.m., and for us, we decided that that just – doesn't work Mm -hmm. that's going to take away from like it's going to make bedtime worse they're going to be tired and crabby it's just like that was one of those things where you can't do everything and still expect to have like this perfect balance balance is going to require you to say no sometimes so we have to say no to certain things and the kids understand that because we're not going to go to every birthday party every weekend we're not going to do every event at school because it's too much for Mm -hmm. a family of five to juggle
1: when do you watch Netflix and <laughs> go on social media?
2: I watch Netflix on the treadmill.
1: I watch TV during your lunch break. Or oh whenever, yeah, a lot of. You're I mean, a lot film.
2: of times from twelve to one is when I do try and jump on the treadmill or go for a run if Will's home or the kids are all at school or daycare. Um, I watch a lot of TV on the treadmill. I would say I'm very good at watching TV on the treadmill. Uh, social media, here and there throughout the day. I don't have a set. I don't know, some days more than others. Some days I get busy and I just don't happen Mm -hmm. to see anything. But
1: yeah, I'm kind of just trying to prove a point that you could still watch whatever your show is. Oh, I can watch a lot of TV.
2: (laughs) I can watch a lot of TV on the (laughs) treadmill. That's about, so one of the things about like habit stacking is pairing. So I pair the TV shows I want to watch. I don't watch when the kids go to bed. I don't get to watch my shows then. I watch them when I'm on the treadmill. So if I want to watch a show, I have to be on the treadmill, walking, running, whatever. If like I'm not very good about drinking water, I bought a water bottle that I like. It's fun. I realized I like cold water. Mm -hmm. So it has to keep it cold. Otherwise, I won't drink it. And I try and pair it with like a cup of coffee, a thing of water. So it's like you pair things that you wouldn't normally do with things that you're already doing Mm -hmm. or the things that you enjoy in order to make that.
1: More tolerable.
2: Like, if you brush your teeth, you should eat a healthy breakfast. Because I'm going to venture a guess that most people brush their teeth. And they can just stack a healthy breakfast with it. Mm-hmm. I hope they brush their teeth.
1: Some people brush their teeth after breakfast.
2: doesn't matter. You could still tie them together.
1: I do. You do that? I wouldn't do it. Why would you brush it before? Do you I brush, brush my before? teeth immediately when I wake up. That's what I do. Wipe your butt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do that, too. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Clean exit. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Preemptive, <laughs> just prep the area. <laughs> I
2: guess you could. I brush my teeth when I wake up because I don't like how my mouth feels when I wake up, yeah. so I brush them.
1: Well, the dentist told me you should rinse your mouth first, so you get like all the bacteria <sighs> out, and then you could eat food. And then, I'm like, I got to fucking re- clean this retainer. Yeah, I'm gonna brush the retainer anyway. That's another thing. You don't wear a retainer.
2: Mouth. I wear. I wear a retainer too, yeah. so I want to get that out and like cleaned ASAP. before I. <laughs> You should wear a mouth guard and see how it feels.
0: No. Yuck.
2: No. Well, I mean, I just think that people have time. You just don't see that you have time or you've created this, like, narrative in your head that you don't have time. Mm-hmm. But if you take – if like, if I took Reese to soccer practice, I could easily walk laps around the soccer field or something while he's there like i can get steps in i can be moving
0: yeah like i enjoy taking the kids to their activities and i like to watch so a lot of times if i want to listen to a podcast or endless scrolling that i could be doing throughout the day like i'll that's the time for it Mm -hmm. and that's the amount of time you've carved out yeah so it's like but a lot of times i like to watch so usually it's a podcast something informational Mm -hmm. or and then with like tv too we'll watch tv at night but only if we're like on schedule as a group everyone's fed bathed in pajamas teeth are brushed the kids then get it's so like, mad right, they sit, we'll sit down, down like we watch could
2: it. watch a show and i'm like brush your teeth first they're like no <laughs> yeah.
1: i'm
2: like sorry i'm not doing i'm not gonna fight with you later like reese knows too so reese would get up for school and he'd want to watch tv and then he said oh i'll get ready fast later you can i promise you that didn't end well <laughs> like with just the screaming in the morning of getting everybody in the car So I was like, okay, well, you can watch TV if you get up and do all your stuff. You're fed. You're in your school uniform. Your teeth are brushed. Your bag is packed. has your water in it. You're ready to go. The next morning, I come upstairs. I come upstairs from the office at 7 a.m. He has gotten him and Tess breakfast. They're both dressed. They're ready to roll because by 7.15, they want to be watching TV. So now all of a sudden, they're like Johnny on the spot in the morning, like dressed and ready to go. Like we're super fast.
1: So if we rewind that to like habit. So there's a cue and action. So that's the reward is the TV.
2: Their cue is their colored alarm clock turns green at 645 and they get up. or they That's when they can get up. Their routine is I get dressed now before I leave my room. I come out. I eat breakfast. After breakfast, I brush my teeth. The reward is you get time to play, go outside and play or watch a show or something before school.
0: And don't let it fool you. That's not always that seamless. No. no but no, I no, would no, say is no. a when we identify a problem then we come up with a solution and then so instead of fighting kids and being late for school and letting that become the norm
2: i mean i did that for a couple months and then changed, i got smarter
0: <laughs> we changed and shifted and then this is the new pattern and now it's like we're getting out the door at 7 50 for the eight o'clock drop off as opposed to just letting 8 15 become the norm. it's yeah. like slipping out of control mm-hmm. So while it is still a little bit of a battle it's better outcome for everybody yeah. Than it is.
2: And, like, trying to teach them, like, you know, balance and consequences. Like, this morning Reese wanted golden grams or something for breakfast. And I was like, okay, but you're going to have to do, like, then let's do double vegetables at dinner or something. Just, like, trying to show him, like, if you're going to eat something that's, like, not very nutritious, we got to make up for it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And he was like, nah, no. Not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) And he did, like, but that's the thing. Like, I want them to be able to decide as – adults, what is worth it and what's not, like how to balance. And they do get it. Like, I want to eat to feel good. Like, do you feel good after you eat that or do you feel tired? Then, if you feel good, then eat it. And if you don't, like, you know, this was one of those things like with Halloween coming up. It's like, do you let your kids eat all the candy they want until they're sick to learn? Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Or do you like restrict it? I try not to restrict it because I don't think that that is healthy in the long run. I didn't grow up with restricted food. It was like a free-for-all all all the time, and it was never like a motivation. Like I didn't want to go eat the whole box of Oreos because it's going to be there tomorrow. I don't need it now. I probably didn't eat enough unprocessed food growing up, but I turned out okay.
0: That pairing gets broken. I feel like we were talking about this earlier about fuel-based eating. So like yeah. but I think the the term is to feel energized. Like food is a fuel, not a yes. amusement park and kind of what we were talking about with the cake. There's a difference between
2: <laughs> wanting to feel energized and wanting to feel happy. You shouldn't eat food because you want to feel happy.
0: I would argue you don't again, you don't feel very happy after you've eaten the cake. You're I, you're like you're Angry with yourself, no. especially I, if you have a specific goal. You're like, so the reason they're called good. comfort food
2: is because high carbohydrate foods, high concentrations of carbohydrate, release serotonin in your body, and that is why they are comfort foods. Is because serotonin is a soothing hormone, but you can get serotonin in other ways, so you don't have to turn like what. I mean, watch your favorite show, wrap up in a blanket. Like serotonin, a lot of times is like a nostalgic thing too. Like you feel like, oh, I used to like. What's an example of that for me? The Office, Mm. the show The Office. Hearing the theme song of The Office brings me so much joy. It's like soothing. It's comforting. I know I'm going to enjoy this. It's like I'm probably on my couch. I'm comfortable. Hearing the theme song of The Office is soothing to me. You know what I do when I'm having like terrible days at work and I'm trying not to quit my job? I put on episodes of The Office on my phone. And it's like background noise for me that is comforting while I have to do things that I don't like.
1: Yeah. so When I do dishes, I watch something because I'm like, I'm just going to distract myself while I do this yeah. task I don't necessarily want to it's do. Something you don't like to do. Is that another pairing? It would be a example? pairing.
2: Yeah. You have to do a task that you don't enjoy, so you pair it with something you like. You have to be kind of s- smart about the things that you pair it with. <laughs> People are going to be like, I'm going to pair it with booze. I'm going to yes. drink every time I have to do it. And like, obviously... There are, like that's what we talk about in the resilience series, like healthy coping mechanisms versus unhealthy coping mechanisms.
0: That is the common strategy, though. Like what do we do after work? We go to happy hour, we get some wings. We That becomes a destructive pattern. I would
2: argue that sweatpants is just as comfortable as <laughs> having wings in happy hour if you allow yourself to like think about it. One of the, like, you really have to get to know, like, and have at the ready healthy coping mechanisms because life is going to get tough sometimes. Like, you have to know some of the things that you like to do. Do you want to play with your pet? Do you want to play games on your phone? Do you have a friend you always call? Like, do you like to sit on your back patio and watch the birds? Like, I don't know. Do you want to go play basketball? Do you want to go play golf? Do you want to go for a run? Like, it doesn't have to be physical activity. It can be just like, I love to read. I love watching The Office. Like, you have to have healthy coping mechanisms because inevitably you're going to be pulled to like, I had a terrible day. Let's go out to eat. Let's go have a drink. Like, whatever but if you have cuz when you're stressed you don't have like the clearest sense of what you should be doing so you need to kind of have some things at the ready that are like easily accessible that you can do
1: how do we define healthy
2: i mean i would say it doesn't take away from your overall wellness would be healthy okay i
0: that's, would i would argue even... i would argue people know what's
1: <laughs> cuz maybe yeah. like someone hears that oh well Going for a walk is healthier than watching a show, so. Yeah. But I wouldn't say watching a show is unhealthy.
2: I guess your coping skills can be a balance of, like, promoting wellness and just Mm -hmm. soothing yourself. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say always sit down and watch a show in an attempt to avoid exercising. But there is a time and place where you're just, like, If you had a terrible day and you slept bad and you're not feeling good or something, like I would argue that it's not the time to like go to the gym and pressure yourself to like crush it and do all these things. Maybe that's your body's way of saying like, you know what? I do need a little like I hate the term self-care, but self-care. And I'm just going to go home and eat dinner and lay down and I'll probably feel better because of it. Mm -hmm. one time in our whole marriage, Will told me he wanted me to go home and sit on the couch and not do anything. And it was good. Like, I need to remember to do that sometimes because I will naturally push myself just to, like, get through it. And just, like, it'll be better. I'll get some extra sleep. But you were like, I want you to go home, and I want you to sit on the couch, and I want you to be a total piece of shit the rest (laughs) of the night. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Couch potato. the kids were like, what is mom doing? (laughs) Why is she on the couch? Why is dad making dinner? See, how, And it worked out okay. But sometimes your coping mechanism has to just be like cutting yourself a break and like resting. Mm-hmm. Any other commonly asked questions from the group?
0: Um, what if uh, your environment at home like isn't conducive to... If you're surrounded, like someone who has a spouse or a friend or co-workers. Parents or or whatever, yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah. I mean, I used to work (laughs) in an office
2: where every birthday was like 30 middle-aged women brought in their famous baked goods.
0: (laughs) Seinfeld. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) It was amazing. It was great until it wasn't. Um, First, I would argue that if it's a spouse or someone, like you have – you have just as much right to set up an environment in the way that you want as they do. So you do have to work together. Like, if you're living with someone, they have a right to have certain things around, and so do you. And if those are in conflict, then maybe there's, like, a creative solution. Like, where can you put these things so that I don't see them? I don't maybe even know where they are. Like, if, my, if your spouse wants to eat potato chips and, like, that's your, like – just can't eat, you know, I have to keep going with these, put them somewhere. I don't need to know where they are. I don't need to see them every time I open the pantry. I don't even need to be the one buying them for you. But it is like environment, like set it up. So when you open the pantry or the fridge, you should see the foods that you want to be eating, right? You want your fruits and vegetables and your whole grains and your proteins, like front and center. Don't put like the most processed foods right up front. But if you know that they're there and it's still a temptation, like, you sort of have to know, like, okay, this is going to be here. I have to come to grips with this. And then I need to have my own coping skills to not, like, fall into that trap. Am I going to brush my teeth after dinner? Am I going to, you know, I drink hot water with magnesium every night before bed. It's like a substitute for I could probably keep rummaging around the kitchen for a while or I just always drink hot water with magnesium and, and lemon. And that's, like, the thing that's the habit i have so i don't have to keep looking for other foods to eat but at the end of the day i feel like you know a conversation has to be had i'm mm-hmm. sure you would like things in the house that i don't keep in the house
0: i prefer it not in the house i was going to say <laughs>
2: or maybe there are still things in the house that you would prefer aren't there
0: no i was thinking like if i after a long day cuz i work early so i'm out of the house before you're up and then i work until like one, two o'clock is usually when I'm getting home. Mm -hmm. I think about the first, like what I'm going to eat before I get home. Yeah. And usually because we always have eggs, it's, I start with three eggs. Yeah. And that usually takes the edge off of what I'm capable of in a, (laughs) after a long morning with too much coffee and not enough food. Do you feel like
2: you, and maybe you don't, do you feel like you moderate what or how you eat in front of the kids? Like, as they get older and they're noticing more.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've, they'll have they say things back to me that I've said to them. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so sometimes I think, like, you know, if you don't have – I mean, you're eating in your own house. But, like, would you eat like this if you were –
1: In public. (laughs)
2: Social eating is different than private eating, but, like, why do we let ourselves be such slobs at home? So it's, like, maybe you should hold yourself to a standard of, like, social eating, quote-unquote. If you have trouble, like, not going down the rabbit hole of, like, larger portions and this and that, it's, like, "Mm, maybe maybe you could have a little bit more restraint. Like, eat like someone's watching. (laughs) Because the kids do notice. Like, I can't give them – a little bit of something and then just like stand in front of them and like eat it all like that's rude
0: i mean we've yeah we've been married for a long time and like we've come to these patterns that are successful at this point but we also are two professionals that pay very close attention to the little things like this and yes so for some people like give yourself a long enough time frame to start working some of these things out and if you are looking to make a change you know realistic time frames are attainable and and to be kind of cohesive and like you said You have a right. so Yeah,
2: and not everybody is going to want to, like, make dietary changes. They're not going to want to. Like, couples that are married, like, you don't have to eat the same. But you have to have some mutual respect. Like, if you wanted to eat red meat and I was, like, opposed to eating red meat, I would probably just say, like, I'll I'll make red meat every once in a while. I'm going to make myself Mm -hmm. something else instead. Like, I'm going to try and meet you in the middle some way. I'm not going to, like, shame you into never eating. Like, that's not – Forcing your habits on someone else is never going to end well. You can like lead by example.
0: Mm-hmm. Worry about yourself. Worry about <laughs> yourself.
2: Yeah, and until you like have it all down, then maybe you aren't the one to like shame other people for it. But I think that if you can communicate, you're like this. It's really important for me to eat vegetables with dinner. So if your spouse is cooking dinner and they don't normally make a vegetable, you're like, look, this is really important to me. Could you just, like, is it too – could you please just, like, steam some broccoli or something? Like, can I – I'm going to have salad with this. And when we sit down to eat and we're not eating the same meal, I would appreciate, like, no comments about it. Like, just be supportive.
0: Mm-hmm. We've gone as far as, like, you'll buy certain quantities of food for the family. And then all <laughs> of a sudden I'll see it in there and I'll just, like, start eating that. And the banana like, bread. bread. <laughs> you're, eating, you're eating more of the cottage. Are you going to keep eating cottage cheese every day? Like, I'm like, I don't know.
2: I'm like and artificial then, intelligence when it comes to our grocery habits. Because I, I see you eat a bunch of stuff. Then I'm like, oh, we need to buy groceries. more. Yeah,
0: she's making the grocery list <laughs> yeah. in her head. And she sees me eating something that she didn't account. For. It's like, he's going off the script. Yeah.
2: But sometimes <laughs> you're to like. To me,
0: that's weird. It's like, I'll fucking eat what I want to eat. Like, what do you mean? And that, But I do respect the fact that you have to get the groceries. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. I am you were like hey guys,
2: the frozen <laughs> berries i don't like the berry blend i like the mango done easy change now i don't have to buy the frozen berry blend and the mango i just buy the mango but it's like thank you for communicating that because i would keep buying the berries and you would not eat them and then i would get angry that you're not eating them and then
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> most people have an alexa i have a mallory <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you have an alexa too but she's less helpful at the end of the day i think
0: she gets argumentative. She sure does. Kids were cracking up this morning. I was arguing with Alexa about something.
2: <laughs> I don't uh, like when she's like, "Have a nice day." I'm like, "I'll have whatever day I want,
1: thank you." Mind your own business. <laughs> you guys <can> have one? <laughs> no.
0: She'll say, like, you say, you tell her to do something. I'm like, Alexa counts to two hundred. Like, How
1: do you know her preferred pronoun? What do you mean? Her. You said her. It. Alexa. <laughs> she like t- she told us. What is it? She. Like
0: she. That's, a, she? that's oh, okay. a girl's name, isn't it? <laughs> It's well, a girl's yeah. voice. <laughs> I see what you're hearing. <laughs> so it accounts to 600. She goes, that's kind of hot. I'm like, I didn't ask for your opinion. Is that what you were doing this morning? Yeah, or and the kids say were cracking up. Like, how about I, Alexa, like, Alexa, how Alexa, about I throw you into how about into I the go get a
1: baseball bat out of the garage? Yeah. How do people know if they have some goal? If it's like, they're, I don't it's not necessarily achievable, but someone might say, I want to lose weight, but stretch, they're not doing any, role. they're not doing anything to it's lip service. Needle. So <laughs>
2: then you're just talking, um, in terms
1: of be- like priorities, behavior, like, so there are stages
2: of behavior change and some of the beginning stages are just like, you're saying it, you're kind of there. I think they're probably convincing themselves that they need to start mm-hmm. on that. Or they're comparing themselves to some version of something that isn't even realistic. Like, you know, people say they want to be lean and it's like, okay, but I always say there's a cost to being super lean. It's not realistic to be incredibly lean and then still like go live this whole full life. Like there are sacrifices that come with that. And then if your like goal is based on something you saw on Instagram or something, maybe and you're not taking any action on it like maybe it's not that important to you maybe it's just what you're looking at online that's making you feel like it should be your goal but it might not be you know part of your values like if it's something that you really value you'll take action
1: on it Mm -hmm. so kind of like digging into the the reasoning for that
2: yeah like what in your life would be better if you achieved that goal if you got to 7% body fat
1: nothing's better
2: what in your life is better this is I asked Megan this today I was like what so if you get super lean like what is the like you did it but then like then what I you get, guess
0: you get a compliment from somebody every once every six weeks you just yeah. stare it's at like yourself I'm, naked in the mirror yeah. and you're like way to go like what is like I what
1: you, I mean, is, I you maybe it. feel <laughs> yeah. more satisfied when you look at your own self <laughs> I,
0: I would argue I feel more confident <laughs> I, I would argue that everybody wants to be lean in some way shape or form just whether or not you're willing to make the necessary. And everybody's definition changes. of what's lean to them is when different. I was fat, like I wanted, I wanted nothing more than to not be fat, and I, I justified it because I was lifting heavy weight, and then my goal was to lift maximum weight. So I didn't want those two competing with one another. Yeah. But then when I was fat, then I didn't want to be fat, and felt like shit. Yeah. And then it you get like-
2: light, and you're like, I feel weak. I want to lift heavy weights, <laughs> and then you can't yeah. lift heavy weights, and then you're like, maybe I should gain. Like
0: that's the sacrifice, right? So.
2: I mean, you have to determine what's realistic and where is it important for you. If fitting into one pair of certain jeans is like where you feel confident and you feel good about yourself, then let that be the thing. Like don't – let just because someone else around you is trying to accomplish something different, don't let that bleed into and like get into your head. And if you are setting a goal that even if it's achievable but it like doesn't make you feel good, then – i would ask yourself why
1: feel good in what sense
2: like so i and i fulfilled fulfilled or like happy or like proud of yourself i don't know like confident like you actually like yourself so i go through phases with this like you know like i track my food i track my food often but then i'll go through a phase where it's like the thought of tracking my food is kind of like i don't want to do that that's a sign to me like i need to take a break Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it's not a positive thing anymore I used to weigh myself, regu- like weekly or every day even, to like see the fluctuations, maybe if I felt like I needed to like kind of tighten it up a little bit. I haven't weighed myself in a long time because I got to the point where stepping on the scale, I'd be like nervous or I'd be upset with myself if it didn't. I know there's going to be fluctuations. I'm very educated on that. But if I step off the scale and I'm like not happy with the result and then I'm short with the kids afterwards or like crabby for that reason, I need to stop. That's not a goal. That's like bringing anything to my life anymore. Mm-hmm. If it's making me feel bad about myself, it's probably not good.
1: What about this one? It's it's a weight loss goal, and they want a number that they used to be. Yeah. So do when, I. In their twenties. <laughs> I'd
0: argue with your last point. Like, you, it's not always going to feel good. Absolutely. Like, you're going to step on the scale and you're be like, "Fucking shit." Yeah, but and there is a it, call but if to it action is moment to you.
2: It, then there, yeah, I would. Then
0: you're gonna bear that. You're gonna weather that storm. See, that's what's tricky doing.
2: because I agree with that too. Like sometimes it's like
0: you're a walking contradiction.
2: I am a walking contradiction. I'm a Libra. There's a scales. Libra. There's balance. Trust
0: me. Trust. It all me. Depends. But we'll you do, have We'll do another to... podcast on living with a Libra. <laughs> she she'll argue the counterpoint always at all times.
2: Even if I agree with you, I would argue the counterpoint because there were times that it was motivating for me, and that's what like made me, you know, watch my portions a little bit more or whatever. But then I noticed it being like, now I'm just being angry with the kids because I'm like annoyed with myself and that's not okay.
1: So the kids are priority.
2: There's a different priority. Like for me, instead of achieving a number on a alignment. scale that I that I was when I was mm-hmm. pre-kid, it's, well, it's not it's, it's not important. Like that's not my but priority. But that's where
0: alignment, you know, and like kind of I think the thing you're saying is like, well, when I was 120 back in college, I mean,
1: I was crushing it, you know. And it, but You had no job. Right. But to you get there. You lived in a dorm. You had food provided for you. Could you, you yeah. crush it at
2: 127? But the Probably. Alignment,
1: so, like,
0: for me to lose weight, it was, like, I don't feel confident dealing with fit people when I'm a fat yes. shit. And I don't have energy in the morning. And I feel like this is a bad cycle. So, it was a lot of things aligned that – but once, you I, could once answer I was motivated question, to make a change, would I Would my life momentum. be better
2: if I achieve this? And the answer was unequivocally, yes, right. my life so would be better. even when it was
0: difficult, because there were so many different ways of getting some positive feedback, I either felt better, I right. saw the scale going down.
2: But here's the thing. I'm talking about like, if I lost five more pounds, would my life be better? Right. What in my life would be better if you I like lost doors five pounds? Open, like yeah. People start oh calling yeah, out of this. nowhere. Nothing. I would argue that nothing in my life. So part of it is like, in order to take a long term approach to your health, you have to sort of come to grips with like being happy with where you are now. Are you 30 pounds overweight or too weak or like out of shape and you're unhappy? Maybe, but be okay with your starting point. Be happy with your starting point. And this is like, I'm going to learn a lot throughout this journey of losing 20 pounds this year. I'm going to learn a lot. I Like think about the fact that if you started exercising or lifting or whatever, like you committed yourself today, think about like my life could look totally different in six months. Mm -hmm. It's kind of exciting. So it doesn't have to be a negative thing like oh, I have to work out, I have to eat better, I have to do all this. Like this is an exciting opportunity that I can improve my life. I can choose something every day to improve my life. It's a positive thing. It shouldn't be a negative thing.
0: That's what I like about the gym It's like as shitty as I'm feeling, you see people coming in and like crushing it and not only in the gym, but in life in general, they're Mm -hmm. good at other things or they excel at things and it creates an energy by being surrounded with people like that, that.
2: And this is a positive place for the members. It's like, this is a place where I go and I work out and I have some friends and I have a conversation and I leave and I feel good about what I did. And that can snowball into everything else that they do.